Better Agent series with Sherry Storer. Welcome, everyone. Um, this series is designed and aimed at bringing actionable advice from amazing coaches, agents around the country, such as Sherry Storer. I've been really looking forward to this one, and I know you said I'm a good salesperson, but I genuinely have because I believe we do have a lot of similar philosophies that we follow in life in general and real estate. So um, everyone, I'm Will Ainsworth, Head of Growth and Training at Open Negotiation. Welcome, Sherry. Could you just tell everyone a little bit about yourself uh, and where you've got to today? Well, sure. Hi, Will. Hi, everybody. Look, really awesome to be here. And thanks for having me a part of the series. I love this name, Better Agent. Um, but look, I guess, Will, you're exactly right. You and I do share a lot of similarities and have ha had a lot of shared experiences in this world. But my background started when I began working in real estate in 2001 and the bug bit me and fell in love with it. Yeah. And, you know, I originally started in project marketing before moving into residential sales and opening my own chain of agencies. So I had quite a large business and I had 45 sales agents working with me. I had I built up and sold my rent roll, had a cleaning division, had a PR division. We were on-site at projects from Cairns all the way down to Byron Bay and life was pretty great and we were making lots of sales and lots of money until the GFC happened and we suddenly weren't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so after that, I went and worked for Colliers International as the Director of Residential and Project Marketing before getting back on the tools and, and selling. And I guess that's what I'm most well known for is actually selling prestige property in Brisbane in a city. But three years ago, I changed and swapped up my side hustle, which was coaching on the side, which I've been doing since 2008 to making it my my full-time gig and so my business is actually three years old on the 22nd of October so literally in a week's time oh, okay. and you know now I really work with agents all around Australasia helping them grow their businesses increase their revenue you know build their skill sets build their structures you know build teams and EBUs and you know the reason why we do all this is so that they can have an awesome life outside of work so they're not working 24-7. Fantastic. That is a great synopsis. And uh, I would agree with everything you've said thus far. So um, on all of your channels, you speak about power agents. Talk to me about what a pay power agent is and how can you help agents achieve this status? Yeah, look, I think today, it's like anything, if you go and buy a car, there's different qualities of, you know, of mechanics in a car. And I feel it's no different with real estate agents. We do have a very, very different level of service. And, you know, it's really important that we understand that as an industry. And, you know, if you do see yourself as a professional, we want to build a power, we want to be a power agent and we want to build power agencies. So essentially what a power agent is, it's an attraction business, but it's so much more. So as I said, what we want to do is we want to build an attraction business where we're getting repeat referral business and buyers and sellers are coming to us because really at the end of the day, that's why we prospect. We prospect so that we can have consistent levels of income bought in, you know, by consistent levels of, of sales, bought in by consistent levels of listings. And it's about that attraction business. So to me, a power agent is somebody who is, you know, sees this truly as a profession. They're process driven. Literally, they have a process for every single thing that they do. They operate two databases. So it's their CRM in a addition to their social media, because your social media is most certainly a database and it's a secondary source of referrals and of revenue. 
you should be operating your COI or your circle of influence and really, you know, reaching out there and making sure that those people are coming to you. But it's more than that. It's still obviously about these beautiful properties that we're selling, whether they are, you know, fallen down renovators, that is real estate gold, or whether they be, you know, penthouses or $5 million properties, you know, yep. we've got to present them in the best possible light. And that goes, you know, exactly the same for tenants and property. One of the angles that I do see a lot of agents not working is, you know, this PR sort of side. And I think PR is so powerful. It's, you know, a third party, I guess, edification, a bit like reviews. And, you know, if we really utilize that and, you know, and work various different online platforms, then we can have, you know, people talking about, you know, us in various different news stories and seeing us as an authority in this industry. Now, you know, our the way that we work today, I think, has changed to even what it was at the beginning of the year, two years ago, or five years ago. And, you know, once upon a time, if you saw an agent ad in a newspaper, let's face it, we don't even have a lot of those, particularly a lot of smaller communities now. But if we saw an agent ad, it was all about me. I'm number number one agent. But I don't think that's what society is looking for any longer. So, you know, with our personal marketing, we need to be more aware of what society is looking for. And so, you know, we need to kind of change that. We need to have more of a community focus and a community spirit um, and be more involved with giving, giving back. And I think there's a really uh, lovely way that we can edify ourselves through third parties in our own personal marketing. Yeah. Of course, we need to have the very, very best skill set that we can have, um, whether it be through product knowledge, market knowledge, you know, actually, you know, sales skills, and we need to have be in ment peak uh, mental fitness. And we're, I know we're going to probably talk about that a little bit later on. And, yeah. you know, when we do all of this, obviously, we're going to deliver an exceptional customer experience, which means that, you know, our clients are going to love us. They're going to become our tribe and they're going to go out to the marketplace. They're going to champion us and they're going to bring back these, you know, these referrals and these listings and these buyers. And that's exactly what it is that we're looking for. So this is, you know, my map of what it takes to be a power agent. And as you can see, six out of these eight kind of categories are all about personal branding. Yeah. So, you know, this is a big part of what a power agent is in today's society. Um, what are some of the sort of key dollar productive activities that agents should be implementing? Because I know there's just so many out there that everyone, you know, all the coaches say do this, this and this. And if you tried it all, you you would get to the end of the year and you, you wouldn't have done any of them correctly. So what are some of the key dollar productive activities you would recommend agents do these days? Good question. And I think you're exactly right. Quite often I'll have agents who will come up and, and sort of say, Sherry, what's the one thing that I can do to 10x my business or to really make a difference? And, you know, I would love to say that there is one thing and here's that magic wand or, or the magic pill. But as we know, it's a combination of things that are done, you know, in succession with those systems and structures and that are done with consistency. Yeah. But if we were to break it down, you know, um, what I do when I work one-on-one -on -one with my coaching clients and my agencies is that I think today, you know, we've been talking for a long time about building a business within business, but it, we need to really be focused on this building a brand within a brand and really focusing on this, you know, uh, why people should be listing, you know, with you as an individual and the brand is, you know, really the support and the vehicle behind that. So I think building that brand is, is super powerful and super important. I also think that the best way to get traction 
right now today is to, you know, the two things that you can do is leverage your listings and your results and then work the on the markets. So leveraging the, the listings, you know, really means as soon as you go from off market to, to on market, so to speak, and there should be, you know, a, a period of time where you, every single time that you list a property for sale, you know, and there is a lot of off market happening at the moment, but we really need to make sure that, you know, at that point of listing, at the listing presentation that we're signing marketing at that moment and that they are in fact motivated to move ahead. So we want to be working through, okay, this is what we do. So we post it on social media. We want to be dominating, you know, the digital marketplace social media. We want to be dominating the letterbox in terms of DLs, but also personalised letters. And, you know, it can't be one of those, here's another listing, here's another sale. You know, it's got to, you know, those letters really have to have real value and some real level of service to people. So that could be around, you know, what's the story of the sale or letting, you know, the neighbourhood know before the property, before the, the sign actually goes up for sale and before it goes online. So I yeah. think dominating the letterbox, super powerful. And then, of course, you know, dominating in person and the market. So as we talked about before, being seen in your, in your community so that everyone knows who you are and you're top of mind um, yeah. for when people are wanting to wanting to to buy and sell. And then, of course, as I mentioned, the third thing is really working those on the markets. And I think that, you know, a lot of agents do get a little bit nervous about expired listings, but there is a way to do this ethically and a, and a way to really move forward with it in a positive way where if somebody is on the market selling today, we know that, hey, listen, they're a, they're a genuine seller. You're not yeah. prospecting in the hope that somewhere in the next five years they're going to be selling. They're selling today. But, you know, you can approach them from a buyer's point of view where, you know, they might be selling in the hope of buying somewhere and perhaps you can help them in that way. But, you know, if, of course, they haven't sold property within that 90-day time frame, then, of course, you want to really work hard at, at listing and leveraging that property. So, yeah. you know, I've got a 51-point checklist for how to leverage listings um, to sold, totally free on my website. So agents are welcome to, to go and grab that. I think you go to uh, sherrystorer.com forward slash agent toolkit. Okay. Well, if anyone it's a freebie. Takes, if anyone takes one thing out of today... That, that is gold. So um, I'm going to go check that out afterwards as well. Um, now, I know you're pretty big on your goal setting, um, whether that be in, in a personal um, uh, sphere or whether it's business as well. So what are your philosophies around goal setting and also the reward system that you speak of? Yeah, look, I, I think goals are really important. And I remember a couple of years ago when I was working um, full-time as an agent and I'd be going to ARIC and everyone would be talking about their why. And I was single at the time. And in fact, I was single for 10 years and I didn't know what my why was. And, and so I really struggled on the goal setting kind of part. So I did a lot of research into what is going to make me really powerful and hungry to achieve and to work out what it is that I really wanted in my life to build my best life. So, um, so I suppose what I do is, you know, I break it down into, into several categories. So, you know, we have a look at, you know, at career, we have a look at health, fun, love and family, and of course, you know, money. So I think, you know, all of those things are important. On the career side, 
we look at, at several different structures. So I think it's really important to have a look at a, at a yearly target in terms of GCI and then break it down into quarters. And every quarter doesn't need to be the same. I think you can have, you know, a ramping up effect or a momentum or is there a quarter where you have a month off? Maybe you won't go overseas, but maybe you'll travel locally <laughs> now. Um, <laughs> But, you know, when we break it down, we have a look and say, okay, well, in order to write X amount of GCI, we need to do X amount of, of sales. So how do we get those X amount of sales? What's my average commission? In order to get those sales, how many properties do I need to list? What's my conversion rate? You know, to, to list those properties, what's my listing rate in terms of going and doing listing presentations? And then, you know, how many auctions are you doing? And what are some little projects to work to work on. Um, VPA is the other side that you should really be having a look at. And in different marketplaces require different things. Some of those, you know, it's strong online um, performance and other ones, uh, uh, other marketplaces are print and various other options. But I think it's really important to structure those out. Um, what I do, I've got some, you know, I have my, my success manual and I think it's really important. I don't know if you can see this, but I think it's really important with your goals to actually write things down and to see it in your own handwriting. And what I love about, about this particular uh, structure is every single time that you sell a property, you write it down. And I think there's real sense of purpose and achievement when you're writing things down. Well, I like to tick a box and I found that a lot of agents like to do it too. So I think goal setting is important. Um, you talk about rewards and I'm big on, on, on risk and reward. And I think every agent is different with how they're powered, but I think accountability in terms of achieving these goals is super important. It's one thing to say, okay, this is what I, what I'm hoping to achieve, but it's another thing to put a plan into place. So, you know, stepping it out here is very important, but then making sure that you're hungry and motivated for it is also powerful. And in a business where a lot of agents today are quite successful, we can go and buy, you know, a lot of whatever we want. I think it's really important that we set little goals and reward ourselves. So, you know, I have some agents where, you know, the goal setting could be around a certain amount of, of calls that they need to make in a month. And if they make those certain amount of calls at the end of the quarter, it could be 100 a week, so 400 a month. And at the end of that quarter, if they've done 1,200 calls, then they can reward themselves. So it can be with something really big like a holiday or a pool for the, for the house or a piece of jewellery, but it can also be something small too. And I look back and reflect on a moment even that I, I had many years ago now, but you know, I particularly wanted some travel cases and I could have easily have gone out and bought, bought them, but I, I wanted to really challenge myself. And so the fact that when I had achieved it and when I had ticked off all of those things that I needed to do in order to reward myself with these travel cases, every time, and I still use them today, but every time that I see them, uh, it makes me feel good about myself and that I accomplish something and that I'm powerful in those decisions, making me successful in my career. Good. I love it. Now, um, I, what I liked about what you said then was you're rewarding yourself based on what, um, what you can control. So I heard you say make 1,200 calls a month. That's something the agent can control 100%. If you reward yourself based on the number of sales or listings or something that, yes, you've got control over, but not 100%, then you're kind of at the mercy of outside forces. And I don't think that's the way we should operate. For instance, I used to say to myself, I'd make 30 calls, not connects, because I can't control whether people pick up the phone or not, but I can control how many times I dial out. 
<laughs> so that's that's what I used to do on a day day to day basis because I could manage the time around that as well. One day you might have two people pick up the next twenty eight, but you you can't control that. Yeah, well, I think there is real power in making these calls and making these connects. And I think, you know, quite often people say to me, well, who, who am I calling, especially through COVID? People are like, who am I calling? And I think it's really important to sort of work out who those calls are going to be and have a bit of a prospecting plan. And, you know, some of those should be nurturing calls. So whether you're calling, you know, um, in the rent roll, whether you're calling your past buyers and sellers, whether you're calling neighbourhood neighbourhoods because you've just listed or sold or taking a property, you know, through open negotiation, whatever it could be, um, I think those things are incredibly powerful. But it's it's not always the number, and, and I think if you focus on the connect activity that you have in that moment with people, I think that's very powerful. So, you know, if you look at at 100 a week, I mean, literally, that's, you know, 15 a day, plus 30 on, let's say, a Saturday, if you don't have a lot of open homes. So that's really something that's, that's pretty manageable. And it's just a matter of sitting down and committing to doing it, and having those calls ready to go. So you do actually call them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Um, so it can often be a, a real struggle for agents to sort of translate um, their amazing personalities to their written marketing material. How can agents bridge that gap? Their personalities, like me, no idea how to write. Um, how do I translate my personality into my marketing material? So do you mean for you personally as an agent? Yes, correct. Yeah, I think it's really um, important. And I think, you know, if anyone's been to my website or to my social media, you'll see that my tone of voice is very, very different to any other coach that you see in our industry. And, you know, I, I, I hope that people see that it's fun and it's light and it's having a good time and it's poking fun, but it's also serious when it needs to be. So I think you've really got to work out who your audience is. Um, so in your marketplace, you know, once upon a time, we would be very focused, let's say, on a service area. But within that service area, we might have uni students, we might have mums and dads, we might have, you know, retirees, we might have investors. They're all very different tones of voices. So we are starting to see a trend now where a lot of agents are focusing on a particular style of client. So that client could be that they do really well working with buyers, agents, developers and investors, or mm -hmm. do really well dealing with luxury properties, or they really work well with mums and dads or people like them. So I think it's, you know, it, we are thinking a little bit outside the square today. So I think you've got to work out who your market is and who is that consumer tone of voice that's going to be tuning in. Then really it's a matter of, of drilling down, creating a logo, creating a hashtag. And the hashtag does need to be property related. So I see this quite often where, you know, a real estate agent will just have something that's generic, but it doesn't really say what they do for property. I think it's also good to have the town that you're in um, and the location. I think that that's very, um, very powerful too. So I think, you know, this, this is um, incredibly powerful. If you are making enough money, hire a copywriter. It's the best money that you will ever spend. And, you know, even as an agent, I would send a newsletter out every single week. But, you know, I got to a point where I could afford a copywriter. When I couldn't, I would um, set up, I had set up Google alerts. So I would be able to work out, okay, well, you know, here's an, a positive article talking about the market that was generated by, you know, various sort of people. And I would then source it in my newsletter. 
But when I got to a stage where I could afford this and I did prioritise it um, in my business and that copywriter would put together a blog with my notes and my, my thoughts and that would cost anywhere between $150 and $250 uh, per, per newsletter. And so it was, you know, that's $1,000 a month. It's an expense. But, you know, I really did get a lot of business from it. And you need to work with a copywriter who's going to work with you. So, you know, I would strongly recommend that that tone of voice uh, needs to be really lighthearted and showcasing that you are different to any other real estate professional. Because for a long time in this industry, we have all tried to be like the perfect real estate agent. And let's face it, the marketplace hates real estate agents. We're the least trusted profession. I think, you know, politicians are even rated higher than us, Will. It's crazy. Yeah. So, so I think the more that we can try not to be like a real estate agent, the more that people are going to engage with us and like us. And so I think just letting down your guard and I guess taking off a bit of that polish and showing the rawness and the authenticity and showing who you really are, I think will really help people sort of relate and move move forward. So, you know, if you're writing that yourself, I mean, that's obviously a lot of time out of your business, dollar productive time. But if you do engage a copywriter, you want to make sure that they understand that you don't want this full formal sort of tone of voice that it needs to be engaging and that they get who you are. Um, so I think that that's really imperative um, today because the market does see agents differently and we want to be one of the different agents, the ones that you can trust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough too. So what are your top tips um, for managing a successful real estate career without sacrificing too much time and sanity? which probably sounds like an oxymoron to most people. <laughs> but uh, I know that you have um, some tips and scripts, not scripts, but tips and uh, uh, mental abilities to be able to do that. So can you share them for us all? Yeah, look, I think this is a really hard one, especially when as an industry, we have been very focused on being available pretty much 24-7, working seven days a week. And I don't think that people really expect that any longer. I mean, people obviously want to be responded to quite quickly, but I think people also understand, especially in the world of COVID, that we've got families, that we've got children. So, you know, what are my top tips for, I guess, building a wonderful life that, that en encompasses your real estate career? I think the first one is really get focused on what your perfect life is or what your best life is. I don't know if there's such a thing as the perfect life, but what your idea of a best life is. And then get really, really bloody good at your job in order to build and to create that life for yourself. So, you know, in my business, when I was working as an agent, I would work three, three and a half days a week and I fully leveraged um, my team and my EBU. So I work with a lot of agencies and teams in building, you know, their EBU or effective business unit so that they can leverage their time so that they're not, you know, always chained to the business, not being able to go away, having to work 20 24-7, you know, their families being a second priority. So I think building a team and, you know, really understanding that those team members are dollar productive sources, not a hassle. Um, because a lot of agents that I work with, they have a team, but they're not necessarily really utilising their team. They're more of an inconvenience and, and a huge cost. So I think really working the team is, is massive. I think also too, the other part is that you need to just get comfortable with, with, prioritizing yourself and it's a very difficult thing to do when we're all 
you know, service providers. We love helping people and we've been told to be at people's beck and call for a long time. And I think that that's fine if you're a greener agent, but if you're a career agent and you've been in this business for two, three, five, 20, 42 years, I think it's very hard to keep that up long-term. So I think you've got to, at some moments, prioritise what's important to you. And I'll give you two examples of even how I've done that in the last 12 months in my business. And the first one was last year, I was running the Women in Real Estate um, Breakfast Series, which, you know, was was a really big, big series. And and we were in four um, capital cities and there were 1,200 agents that attended. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually haven't spoken spoken publicly about this before, but um, what happened was the day of my Brisbane breakfast, my um, my brother who was quite ill, um, we got the call during the breakfast, and I had three events on that day back to back. We got the call that he was having a, that he a liver was ready for him, and he was going to be having a liver transplant the next day. Yeah. So I had um, locked in in two weeks' time. I was supposed to be going to Melbourne, and two weeks after that, Sydney, and two weeks after that, Adelaide. And my brother was very, very sick. And I really wanted to be there for not only for him, but for his children and for my family. And so I basically called up all my sponsors and, you know, explained to everybody that I, you know, all of these hundreds of people, what was going on in my personal life. And, you know, everybody was so understanding. And that was a situation where I put myself first and people got that because I was vulnerable and I was honest about what was happening in my life. Um, so I think that's that's incredibly powerful. The second scenario is, you know, I've just shared very publicly on social media, you know, some challenges that I've been having in my life in terms of, of fertility. And my husband and I have just completed 18 rounds of IVF, which, look, is, is crazy. Um, and, you know, we, ha- we haven't been successful. But you know, there comes a time where you need to kind of take a step back. And obviously, I'm quite good at compartmentalising. But there comes a time where you need to sort of take a step back and say, you know what, I need some time here to be free to grieve and to to deal with this. And hence why I went on on a health retreat a week ago, turned my phone off and literally just, you know, focused on myself. And you know what, the amount of agents who have reached out to me and just saying, oh, you have so inspired me. I'm doing this or I'm doing that. And I think people are exactly the same. It doesn't matter whether your, you know, your consumer is agents like mine or whether it be buyers or sellers. I think people really relate to being feeling burnt out or tired or putting your family and yourself first. So well said. Um, and thank you for being vulnerable with both those two stories. I mean, I knew the latter, not the former, but um I think that's what makes you such a good coach, the fact that people can resonate with you because we all have our challenges, some worse than others, by the way. But um, the fact that you're open, that people can actually go, you know, she struggles too at times, makes you vulnerable, makes you open up and it makes you the human being that you are. So congratulations um, on passing on that news. Um, It's actually hard to share, but I have to say that has really probably surprised me out of everything else in working, you know, so closely with agents over the last three years is that everybody has got challenges, yet no one really talks about them publicly. And so we're all dealing with them behind closed doors, whatever they might be. And I think the more that we open up, the more that we realise that, hey, we're here to help each other and that we can also, um, there's strength in in other people going through adversity and you knowing, oh, I'm not the only one. It, It helps, it's encouragement in that. Oh, 100% there is. Um, like your story. <laughs> yeah, it's not, um, you know, it's widely documented that I've suffered from 
um, from depression for a, a number of years now, and I won't name any names, but the amount of agents that have contacted me privately to say, I'm suffering too, or this is my issue, I've got a drinking problem, I've got this, I've got that, is overwhelming. Yeah. To the point where I've had to just say, look, I, where you're at, you need to go and see someone personally, uh, sorry, professionally, um, because it's just overwhelming how many people there are out there. So um, I would highly recommend anyone that's struggling with any issues whatsoever on mental health or anything from that nature, um, please go and seek some help because you're definitely not alone. Um, speaking of R&R, how important is R&R um, to incorporate into your real estate business? Well, I think, you know, this is that's a nice tie on just talking about mental health and, you know, talking about career longevity because you can work, you can go really, really hard for births, but you do burn out at some point. And everybody has a different burnout point. So I think if you want to, if you really want to be a professional in this industry, and if you are, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There'll come a time where you still, the mind might be okay, but then the body falls down. So it's about saying and pacing yourself and really working out, okay, well, how is it? What do I want my career to be? And what is important to me? And would I rather make, you know, $600,000 or a million dollars um, for the next sort of 15 years or have one year where I make one and a half and I'm broken for the next five. So I think, you know, it's about working out what's more important to you. This is very important for principals too, because, you know, obviously longevity is much better for their revenue and for their budgeting and for their structure. So I think, you know, a lot of principals are definitely changing their viewpoint on this too. Um, and I'm really encouraging that. But I think going back to, you know, to R&R, the only way that you can be really mentally fit and you need to be mentally fit, especially today more than ever to get deals together in the challenges of COVID with a lot of people's mental anxiety is you need to make sure that your your brain is rested as, as well as your body so that you can work out where is that win-win for both parties how can I make this deal happen because sometimes it's hard to see it and when you've got clarity all of a sudden you know there's the path you know and literally you know there's a beam of light shining on it <laughs> so, yeah. so I think that's incredibly powerful and I think the more um, that you can be mentally fit, the more transactions that you'll be able to do at the same time as, as having impact with people within those transactions. Yeah, very good point. Um, and while we've got uh, a whole bunch of people watching on, I'd love some interaction here. I'd love everybody to pop in either via Zoom or Facebook in the chat function. How do you rest and recuperate, whether you go on a holiday, whether you have a massage every week, whether you go and play golf, what it is, if I could get everyone to pop in the chat function. I'd love to uh, get a sense of how everyone else relaxes because I've got my ways. Sherry has hers, but I'm sure there's some tips and scripts out there. Um, I know this is quite a generic question, um, but what is the one piece of advice that you can give agents right now um, that will help them get between to now to the end of the year? What's the one bit of advice you could give them? I think, you know, there's probably different pieces of advice that I'd like to give different agents in different marketplaces. I think if you're really tired and burnt out right now and, you know, because most of us, 
we'd normally have taken a holiday in at Easter, but we didn't kind of get one this year. And then we would normally take a break mid-year and that kind of didn't happen either. And then, you know, and then we've had kids to kind of, you know, <laughs> homeschool and we've had all sorts of things. So we've had, you know, vendors are under huge mental anguish. We've had, you know, financial issues. There's been a whole lot of stuff that's happened this year. So if you're feeling really tired right now and a bit broken, the best piece of advice that I can give you is to actually take a break because there's no point just being a body, you know, at work. You really need to be physically present as well as mentally present. So we want to make sure every single moment at the office counts. We want to have those critical conversations. So, you know, if you're feeling good, I think the best thing that you can do right now is to look at your stock list and to process your stock. So what I mean by that is to go through and have a look, okay, are my properties all under exclusive? If not, what do I need to do? Do I need to have a price reduction there? Do I need to have a change in strategy? You know, one of these strategies, and I just referred you through some of my, my coaching clients, you know, it could be to actually say, you know what, we're going to, to go with open. This is a change in direction to what has been happening or what is, you know, other agents are doing in the marketplace as well. You could have a look and say, okay, once we've done that, where are my hot buyers at? What can I do to get these hot buyers back on this property and get them encouraged? So I think going through your stock list, because you've worked so hard to get these properties listed, you know, work that little bit extra to actually get them solved sold and moved on. And I think, you know, it's very easy when times are tough to kind of feel a little bit um, bad about having conversations and uncomfortable about that. But we need to remember that we're not responsible for the market. However, we are responsible for that communication of it. And the reason why they have hired us is to be a professional and to solve a problem, which is to sell their property. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> head down, bum up and give them the stats, make it happen. We do complicate this uh, profession way too much. Our job is to list and sell properties and everything else around that is noise. It's important, but our job is fundamentally to list and sell properties. Um, so I've got a couple of comments here. Leanne Polworth, exercise. Yep, that is absolutely one of my uh, de-stresses, that's for sure. And Amy, nothing beats a good head massage at the hairdressers for a bit of r and I'm sure that is true. As you can see by my head, I do my own hair, hairdressing, so I can't give myself a head massage. <laughs> well, head, hairdressing, I think, is a great source of referrals. So whether you go to the barber or whether you go to the hairdressers or the beauty salons or, or the nail salons, honestly, it's the best prospecting ever. You want to make sure that you go to a hairdressing salon in the centre of town that knows every everybody and everything that's going on. So prospecting is great at a hair salon. It absolutely is. And I do lie a little bit because one of my best clients was a hairdresser from home. And I would say, and I used to go there fortnightly, every time I went there, she would give me a name. She would give me something that was going on around the neighbourhood. Um, it was amazing. So now, Sherry, this is called the Better Agent Series. And I can guarantee you every agent that's been part of this session today for the last 35 odd minutes is going to walk away a better agent. So I really, really appreciate all of your um, thoughts today and being open and vulnerable. Um, as I said, that's highly important in today's um, professional world, not just real estate, but in general. So thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure talking with you and having you on board. So um, if anyone wants to speak to Sherry, um, how should everyone get in touch with you if they want to communicate with you afterwards? 
Look, I mean, I'm on all forms of communication. I want to be available to all. So you can find me, you know, on social media and my handle is at Sherry Storer, which is S-H-E-R-R-I-E-S-T-O-R-O-R. So you can send me a DM there. You can go to my website, which is SherryStorer.com. You can send me an email. You can pick up the phone and call me. I'll take it all. I'm sure you will. So thank you again, Sherry, and thank you for our entire open negotiation community for watching on today and and participating. So thank you again. And uh, until the next Better Agent series, I'll see you another day. Thanks again, Sherry. 